Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they are changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. You know today's guest from Netflix is Ratched, ABC's The Rookie, and CBS series SWAT. Please welcome to the show, Jermaine Arroyo. Jermaine, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, so let's go way back to the beginning. So how did little Jermaine know that they wanted to be an actor? How did all that get started for you? Um, I always wanted to be an actor. I just never knew how to be an actor because I, where I came from and, and I, my family, no one is in the industry at all. So it's like, it was like a world that just seemed so impossible and so far away that I had no idea how I would even start. Um, and, but I kept seeing like car- commercials, like Target commercials and like the kids are running up to the camera and they're just like, hey, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I can, I can do that. Like, that sounds fun. Um, so I, I Googled, uh, acting and how to start. And of course, all these like little scam things come up, like come to our school and pay like a thousand dollars and we'll get you on commercials and Disney and like Nickelodeon and all these things. And I definitely fell for it. And, um, I signed up and my mother actually took me and it was, uh, and, and somehow she paid for it and she got me into it. And it was like a month long where they train you to do things and, and how to walk a runway. And I think that moment was the first time I realized like, I can walk, like I can strut. Like I got this, uh, but it was a whole different meaning back then. I wasn't really strutting down a runway, um, but yeah, that's how it all started. And, and it just kind of made me feel like I could kind of be someone else um, without being myself. Because uh, growing up, I wasn't very, uh, I was very, by nature, very flamboyant, but I wasn't very out loud with it. So I had to be kind of hiding and, and, and not be myself, kind of tone it down and, mm-hmm. um I think acting just gave me that 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 fantasy world where I can be somebody else and just kind of like be seen without being seen. Uh, so acting gave me that fantasy. And so I wanted it and I pursued it and here we are. And that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. Um, just sort of speaking on that, I feel like that is a case for lots of young actors, especially who um, do identify as queer somewhere on yeah. the spectrum of queerness that they mm-hmm get into theater to have that not just a little sense of community um, as they grow up, but also to sort of have that sense of escapism and yeah. learn more about who they are and, and sort of live vicariously through their characters and through all of these roles. So that's that's very interesting to hear that um, it is such a common thread. Uh, I mean, it was kind of the same case for me growing up doing theater. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I, I, I kind of thought about it yesterday. I was just kind of thinking like as I do to myself um, and I was like, you know, I think I really gravitated towards acting because I was so afraid of who I was and what I was and how I was that acting gave me an access to being something other than myself and mm-hmm. not being afraid of it because it, it, I'm acting, you know, like, so if those roles were either very queer or very flamboyant or or anything other than that, it gave me access and, 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 and 
it was okay mm-hmm. to do that because I was acting and it, it kind of gave me room to be more me. Um, and, and I thought about it yesterday. I was like, wow, that's kind of why I really wanted to be an actor. Uh, it's sad, but also incredible that as a, as a kid, you kind of think of things like, you know, like you're like, what can I do to be more me? And it's okay to be that. Uh, and it was acting that, that gave me permission to be me. Yeah. And it taught me how to be me. And now I'm just, now I'm, you know, all the above queer, non-binary, flamboyant, all over the place, loud. And uh, not, I'm not acting. It's me. <laughs> and um, you had a number of bookings that I love to talk about um, that you've had over the last couple of years. Um, let's start, let's go back uh, to right before the pandemic uh, with Ratchet. So you all yeah. filmed that series in 2019. If we can even imagine what acting before the pandemic was like. Uh, it's but crazy. Yeah, you know, no masks, no testing, no, uh, just, it was such a different world uh, back then, you know, really. Uh, even auditioning was different. It wasn't always tapes. You had to go in person for everything back then, especially with you in Los Angeles, uh, you know, having to go back and forth between office to office, I'm sure it was exhausting. Um, but yeah, so you got to work with some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, it was a Ryan Murphy series. You got to work with um, Brandon Flynn in, in Sharon Stone. So what was that whole experience uh, like? Oh my God, it was insane. I mean, just going back to what you said earlier, where it was like a different process, which it really was. Um, and, and thinking about it now, I'm like, wow, it was a whole different thing back then. Like you really did go into the room. You had this room, that room. You had to go different places in one day. You had to like just change in the restroom or change in your car or like do what you have to do to get ready for the next one. And now everything's just, I don't think I've been into a room for a very long time, everything is set up in, in well, in this room, and it, it's it's insane thinking back how it used to be and how it has changed so much. Um, but yeah, but the Ryan Murphy Ratchet was an incredible experience. It was insane auditioning for it. I I just thought I was auditioning for you know a much smaller role and not much to do. You know, just like go in and do your thing. And then I got the script and I realized who I was working with and what I was going to do. And and I literally freaked out because I love Sharon Stone. Um, I think like any queer person, you know who Sharon Stone is and you know what she's done and who she is. And I freaked out. I was like, holy shit, like I'm working with Sharon Stone. And, um, and not only am I going to work with Sharon Stone, I'm going to... Well, it's already out. So if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, I'm going to spoil <laughs> it for you. Sorry. Um, you know, I get to stab her in the back, literally stab her in the back with a pitchfork. And that's how she dies. And so I was like freaking out the entire time. Like, I'm going to stab Sharon Stone in the back with a pitchfork on a Ryan Murphy show where Brandon Flynn is laying on the bed. Like, I mean, that's a fantasy in its own. Like, I was freaking out. <laughs> I knew who Brandon Flynn was, and I'm, I had a little crush on Brandon Flynn, like everybody else did. And so I was like freaking, I was like, oh my God, this is like too much for me to handle right now. I can't do it. But they were both incredibly kind, um, mm. especially Sharon Stone. She was, her presence is intimidating. She is like, she knows who she is, and she walks into the room, and everyone just like 
parts, you know, it's just like, like this and here she comes, here she is, she's ready to work, she's ready to do her thing. And I was definitely intimidated, but she was so nice. She was so kind. She like talked to me the entire time. And if I had questions, she answered the questions and she gave me advice, which was really nice. And yeah, we shot the scene and I had this moment where we were rehearsing like the pitchfork situation. And I had people coming to me and they were like, okay, so here's the thing, here's the stunts, here's what you're doing. And then somebody else would come around and she was like, just don't stab her too hard because you don't want to hurt her and just make sure you don't hurt her, make sure you don't. And I was like, oh shit, this is a lot happening. <laughs> um, and then Sharon Stone before the call action, like literally pulls me to the side, grabs me on my shoulders, stares at me in the eyes. And she's like, this is your moment. Like screw what everybody else just said have your moment, get your close up, because that's what we want as actors and make it happen. She goes, just, just do it. She goes, don't be afraid of hurting me. I'm fine. I'll be okay. Uh, she's like, just have your moment. And she also was like, this is my death scene. So like, I want this moment to be for both of us. Like, this is the way I go out. So let's make it a good way. And, and she's just like, how me? She goes, when you do this, I want you to just, I want you to literally look at me in the eyes as if you're me like i want you to be in the scene with this pitchfork and i was like oh lord okay. <laughs> um all right let's do it and so we did it and it was incredible and the director just like was like in the back she goes i felt like you were me and, and then sharon literally screamed she goes oh my god that's what i told her to do and i was like that's literally what she told me to do um and so she like gave me a high five which which crazy and you know, I got a high five from Sharon Stone um and Brandon Flynn was extremely sweet and so kind so it was a really a really really great experience mm. and um up at that point that was sort of was it was sort of what the one of the biggest roles you had and, and as far as television because I knew you had done some films before that but yeah uh, yeah and to sort of be welcomed in and and coached by Sharon Stone in that way is that's so sweet to hear that these like you know veterans of the industry still yeah. are very like nurturing and, and things like that because we hear plenty of horror stories about I know. people being jaded or egos and all of that but she was like nope have your moment that's that's amazing to hear no she was so nice and um i wasn't surprised i'm sure she, she seemed like a nice person but you never know like you just said and yeah. so when she was so kind and so open it was like refreshing because you're like oh thank god like you know, the last thing you want to do is meet the people you're inspired by and they're just like the opposite of nice. And you're just like, oh man, like I really yeah. wish you were nice. Like, I still like you, but not that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was really cool. Yeah. And uh, one of your most recent um, uh, episodes of TV that aired was working on uh, The Rookie. Yeah. Uh, you got to work with Julio Macias, who I'm a huge fan of because I love On My Block and Selena, the series, and he's yeah. done so much different latino centered shows it's, it's it's one of those uh, actors who i really admire um so working on the rookie uh, what was that whole experience like for you the rookie was great um it was a, a quick you know uh, episode and scene for myself but mm -hmm. it was really nice because they were very welcoming and they were so uh sweet we all got to sit around with each other and chat and just talk and the scene was you know, all four of us in the scene and it was very intimate, but it was really cool when we weren't shooting, we were all just chatting about each other's lives and mm -hmm. what we're all up to and what we're doing and to hear them 
talk about like being parents now because they were all parents. I think they all have kids. Mm-hmm. And Julio was a, a, a new father, like he just had a child. And so to hear them have a conversation of, you know, their lives outside of work was really cool because they're all doing it. You know, they're, they're reoccurring on TV shows. They have a life outside of work, but they're successful. And, and, and it was inspiring to see that a bunch of people can, can really do it. Like it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like this, this doesn't only have to be a dream or, or small roles here and there. You can possibly, you can do it if you just kind of like keep going and just, 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 uh, just keep hustling. And that's what they all kept saying. So it was really nice to have a chat with them. That was inspiring. And with SWAT, you have you previously appeared on the show a few years ago, and you have your second episode coming up now. Uh, it was a much bigger episode for you as you were as we were chatting before the interview. So I'm curious, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you have learned working on the show? Oh, well, that's a good question. The biggest lesson is definitely, I mean, SWAT is it's a network television, and like the rookie as well they move really quick like Mm -hmm. you you have an idea of what you're going to do you have a plan and you go and it's like scratch it all throw it all out the window because you don't have time to do any of that it's literally like this you just got to keep going they have you know they have so many scenes to shoot in one day and that's just the way you know network television works especially action shows um and so my lesson i learned was to just kind of like be in that moment, be very present and do your work, but don't do too much where you kind of just get stuck in what it is you're trying to do and you forget to be in that moment. And you, when you are done, you kind of think to yourself like, what, damn, I should have done more when I, I'm a Virgo. So I, I overplan like period like i overplan too much i overthink i over schedule i over i'm too organized for my own good sometimes that i can't really just be in the moment and be free so my lesson was just be there listen to what they want take the direction and just do it because that's really what they want at the end of the day is to get the job done um and they appreciate your craft they appreciate you as an actor but they also just want the, the job to get done so sometimes you kind of have to put aside your your craft or being, you know, wanting to have this moment um, where you kind of just have to put it aside and kind of work with everyone around you because it's, it's a large show full of like action and there's something always happening. So yeah, it was, it was, it's definitely a dream come true because the first time I did it, there was so much action going on, but I wasn't a part of the action as much, you know, like I was more like, you know, grounded in the house, things are happening around me in the scene. uh, And it was super exciting. But this time around, my character uh, was brought back from the first time I did it. And so they gave my character a much larger uh, story and a much larger part in the, in the episode. Um, And so I got to actually be part of the action this time around. And that was so exciting because I've always wanted to be an action star. Um, and I consider myself an action star, you know what I'm saying? Um, but in my fantasy world, I would be wearing a really like tight latex Catwoman kind of outfit. But <laughs> I'll take this one too. Um, but 
I got to live like my action star moments where I had like a gun, I was like whacking people with it, you know, punching people, like shooting houses and, and shit. And like, it was, it was a really cool experience. And I always have a great time with SWAT. They're just, they're just like, probably one of the top productions I've worked with because they're so like nice and they're so close to each other that they welcome mm. you so with like open arms and they make you feel like you've been on the show for so long. And with a show like SWAT, I mean, it's been around for uh, I think six, six or seven seasons now. At this point, they are a well-oiled machine. They, yeah. they have, you know, they have an idea of exactly how everything works. So, um, it's not a very high stress environment for them in terms of executing these scenes. Cause at this point they've done it uh, literally hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, so getting to welcome you in like that again, it's just so heartwarming to hear that young actors are welcomed in like that on these shows where again, egos can get in the way sometime and all of that, but it's so great to hear that you've had such great experiences on all these projects. Oh, it's the best. It was, it's, it's been the best, um, like for television and networks uh working on SWAT like they they're so freaking cool and um my mom like I've worked with a lot of other people who to me are like giants and but my mother me being on SWAT was the most exciting thing I've ever done because she loves Shamar Moore like <laughs> she it has a huge crush on him she talks about him all the time and when I told her I was on SWAT, she goes, oh my God, Miko, like, that's, I love him. Like, from yeah. all the other shows he's been a part of, like, she has a huge crush on him. So she was super excited. And um, we're going to watch it together. So she's like, she can't stop talking about it. And she's just like, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to see him. I can't. And I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm like, I'm part of the, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the show too. Like, yeah. and you're excited to see me? Like, I get it. Jesus. Like, I, I get it. Like, he's, he's gorgeous. But like, mom. <laughs> Uh, it's my episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, with our show um, being called Multicultural TV Talk, of course, uh, we've touched on diversity and things like that and representation. But uh, what could, what would you say is an early memory you have of a performance or a project that made you feel represented for the first time? Mm, that's That's a good question and a hard question to answer because I think growing up, I didn't really see a lot of what represented me, at least. Um, and, like, I didn't see a lot of... I mean, I grew up watching telenovelas. Like, my mom yeah. had Univision on the entire time. It was on all day. It never changed. Like, if you changed it, there's a, a you know, a chunk left line around. hit <laughs> you. Um, like, it was on that channel all day long. And so, telenovelas to me was that's all I watched. And at some point I was like, I want to be on a telenovela. Like I want to see, I want to be on like a novela. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm dramatic. Like I can do this. But as for representation, I don't think I've ever really felt represented when it came to telenovelas at least. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, when I did see any kind of representation, it was kind of being um, like made fun of or yeah. mocked. Um, being either the person was extremely, extremely just gay or just like, it, it was just kind of made fun of and everybody around you was laughing at it yeah. uh, instead of laughing with them and they were laughing at them. And so for me, looking, looking around and seeing that, I was like, 
like I literally felt myself kind of shrink and being like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's not, that's, you know, it's not what I want to be. I don't want to be laughed at like that. Um, and so that's kind of like what I felt growing up. And what I saw me was, I used to love, like, I, I still love any, like, female actress who is the villain in some kind of show who is, like, I love villains. Like, they're my favorites. And so that's kind of where I saw myself. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But I think it's gotten better um, seeing more of yourself, your representation, but I think we still have a long way to go, especially with being non-binary. Um, yeah. But I do see a lot more non-binary characters on television and in movies, but still not seeing myself being represented at least. And uh, before we go, if you had this like back to the future moment and you ran into little 13 year old Jermaine, you can give them one piece of advice. What would you say? What would I say? I would say to myself, um, I would say, don't be, don't be afraid. Um, don't be, don't be scared of, of your surroundings. Don't be scared of your family. Don't be scared of the world because you might be surprised how supportive somebody or the world may be. Um, it, it, it does seem very scary and it does seem very against you, but don't be afraid to be a little bit more yourself because you might be surprised how supportive your family truly is. And so, um, yeah, be yourself. Don't be scared. Just, just, just be a little louder. Um, mm -hmm. be a little gayer, be a little bit more sassy, be a bit more flamboyant, be a bit more feminine if you need to be more feminine. Um, and don't be afraid of it because at the end of the day, they're going to support you and they're going to love you. And that's exactly what it is. My, my mother, you know, still now does look at me sometimes like hmm i don't I, i'm getting used to it but she looks at me now like before she used to turn around and be like yeah. oh you yeah you look nice um but now she like looks at me she's like i yeah you look you look beautiful um and so having that moment just kind of was like you know maybe if you just weren't so scared as a kid you could have been here earlier but being here now it's 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 incredible because my family's very supportive and they love me. So it's nice to feel that. Well, Jermaine, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, if anyone wants to find you on social media or anywhere online, where can they uh, give you a follow? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jermaine Arroyo. I do have a little TikTok. It's the same thing at Jermaine Arroyo. Um, I haven't posted on TikTok, so don't come for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm working on it and I'm getting better with it. So mm. be patient. <laughs> Awesome. And folks, you know, you can follow us at Media Village Com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Juan Ayala. This is Multicultural TV Talk. Thanks for joining us.